You're listening to the sermon audio from the Shore Church located in North Vancouver. For more information about the Shore, upcoming events, or to donate, you can head to www.theshorechurch.ca. Well, it's good to have you all here this morning. Welcome again to the Shore Church. We are in Hebrews chapter 2 this morning, so why don't you stand with me, and we'll read off the screen of Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, verses 10 through 18 to close off this amazing chapter. It reads this way. For it was fitting that he for whom by... Let me start again. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of God. All right, let's pray and then we'll jump in to this sweet text. Jesus, again, we come before you. You are enthroned in the heavens. The job is done. It's finished. You have been crowned with glory and honor. And Jesus, help us now. Fall deeply in love with you and what you have done for us. In my prayer this morning and throughout this week is that we all will see this clearly this morning and come to the the point in our lives where we either accept this or deny it. And I pray, Jesus, for all those here this morning that we will accept it and believe it upon it, uh, for you are our Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, you can grab a seat. Uh, there's going to be, this is a couple things. I've got a pen. I've got literally no notes this morning. So this is freaking me out a little bit. We don't know how long. It could go for an hour and a half or it could go for 15 minutes. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord does and how he brings things to reminder as we study the scripture, but we'll keep it hopefully to about 30 to 35 minutes. We'll see how it goes. All right. So kids, you all have papers in your hands and you're going to write down things. I'm going to draw on the screen and you're going to see this, but I want to give you the full outline this morning. And if you want a handout as well, there's probably some of the back on that table. It's actually might be super helpful for you. But you can see it on the screen. This is the outline that we have for us this morning. It's coming. There it is. Hebrews 2.10. All right, this is our passage laid out. This is how I kind of wrap my head around this uh, this week. Is that Hebrews 2.10, this is how it's broken up, and I'll explain it as we go along. But you get creator, salvation, provider through suffering. 11 through 13, you get sanctifier, identifier, leader of worship. You get 14 through 15 and 17, Jesus came to conquer, deliver, to be our mediator, and to pay the penalty. 
Verse 18, we skip, obviously, 16, as you see. But in 18, Jesus is our help in the midst of suffering. And then jumping back to 16, he came for us. He came for us. So this is, the, this is what we're going to go through. And, I, and I, I, sometimes, you know, you're told not to give all of your secrets at the start. I'm giving all of my secrets at the start. All right, so this is, this is what we're doing. All right, so my goal and my prayer is, like I prayed already, is that we all would fall deeply in love with this story. That we will see it more clearly through the text of Scripture. Because I know reading this through once, you're not going to get it. And so I want to make sure that we read through it multiple times. Okay, so let me take over power here of the screen. Uh, how did I do this again? Oh, yes. Mirror. It's coming. There we go. All right. So, kids, you have this diagram on your sheets. And parents, you can follow along with the text. All right, now I'm going to draw as we go, and you kids can draw along with me. But I'm doing this so us kids and parents, we will all follow along with what is being said in the Word of God this morning, and you can see it as we work through this verse by verse. And secondly, my hope is that as I study the Word in front of you, that you will see and maybe challenge yourself to study the Word with me uh, throughout the week that we might prepare our hearts to come to church. Does it make sense? That's what we're doing. That's that's why we gather, to prepare our hearts to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, so this is insight into my brain. All right, so you guys ready for this? It's kind of scary. It's really empty up there. All right, so here we go. Four, all right, you can see right away, you get the four. All right, so I'm going to do this right here, so I got a little more space. So four is a point back to verse nine. All right, so you can see how messy my writing is as well. So let me read verse 9 really quickly again. It's not on the screen or anywhere, but if you have your Bibles open, this would be a great Sunday to do that. In verse 9 it says this, But we see him, Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Okay, so what that is saying is this, that Jesus is... And we're going to get this into this text as well. Jesus came, died. This is sweet. Oh, man, this is a sweet diagram. All right. Came, died on the cross for us. So you guys can draw that out. You kids can draw that out. Jesus came and died on the cross for us. Let's read now our text a little bit. For it was fitting that he, Jesus, for whom, I don't know, Bracket this because of this little comma and this little comma and this little comma. We're starting to see a list take place here. All right, so there's a list of going ons here. So for it was fitting that he, Jesus, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, this is man, should make the founder of their salvation, there is man, perfect through suffering. This is the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. Let me, let's, let, let's draw it out now. So we have Jesus, which we learn here, is our creator. All right, so you can write creator down here. Creator. Jesus is our creator. For whom and by whom all things exist. For, by, all, him. Everything's his. And so what he did, he created man 
But man, you remember back in Genesis chapter 3 of the Bible, man sinned, and therefore everybody is born into sin, into death. So everything under this line right there is the realm of death. Everything under. So we died because of our sin and are in the realm of death. So let's read this next line, this next portion of the list. For it was fitting that he, Jesus, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory. How did he do that? How did he bring us to glory over here, the kingdom of God, right? Here's a throne room. And we've got God, the triune God on there. All right, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God. One God, three persons. He brought all of us to glory. How in the world did we get over there? By the death of Jesus. So Jesus, creator God, had to enter into death, put flesh and blood on, so that we might be saved and go up into glory. This is, how, this is what this verse is saying. For it was fitting that he, Jesus, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sense to glory, this is salvation, should make the founder of their salvation, pointing back to here, perfect through suffering. We are perfected, going to glory now because of his suffering. Isn't this so sweet? This is what Jesus has done. Just like we sang that mediator song, like he has become our mediator. He's took on our sin for our penalty. And we're going to see this. So let's move to the next spot here. 2, 11 through 13. Again, four, pointing back, transition word. He, Jesus, who sanctifies, which is a fun word, kids, sanctifies. Everybody, all of you kids say it, sanctifies. Nice. I love these kids. They have a beard, this one down here. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Sanctifies. All right. That kid's got a real low voice. Sanctifies is literally becoming like Jesus. That's what it means. I start as a child, dead in my sin, right? Dead in my sin, and I become like Jesus. And a verse you can look up after is sanctification, where is it on here? Sanctifies is sanctified, is 2 Corinthians 3.18. All right, so there's a little cross-reference for you. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. There's one source. What is this source? Well, we'll find out here in a second through the diagram. That is why he, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brothers. How sweet is that line? The creator of all things is not ashamed to call his brothers. Sometimes I was ashamed to call my earthly brother a brother. You guys get it? Right? You guys know, you guys, the ones who are laughing have siblings. It's like, I am adopted. I have want nothing to do with that person over there. Isn't he your brother? Shame, right? But Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. So let's draw this out, this first section out. So this is Jesus, the creator, creates man in his image, but yet we sinned and fallen short of his perfection. So Jesus enters into creation, 
and to death, putting on flesh and blood, right? So that he is like them and calls us brothers because he's flesh and blood. And he sanctified us to become like him. We don't make Jesus like us. He makes us like him. So for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That one source literally means in the, in the original is one family. We all come from one family. We are under the creator. And he calls us brothers. And here's the sweet part right here. This is what we do at the beginning of every gathering and at the end of every gathering. We respond with worship. So Jesus here says, saying, I, Jesus, will tell of your name. I always double line God the Father. Okay, I, Jesus, will tell of your name by to, to my brothers, which is man and woman, all of mankind. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I, Jesus, will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I, Jesus, and the children, man, God has given me. Do you see on the screen? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Awesome. Who's the main part of the story? Jesus. Why? Because he came to die to, for us that we might be sanctified to get to the glory of God. He came that we might not, watch this line, we might not enter into death, but that we would enter into glory. He entered into death for us. Do you get that, kids? You are destined to walk off the cliff. You're destined for it. When you trust in Jesus, he stops and you walk across the cross of Christ through his death, through his life, through his resurrection, you get now to glory. All him. Let's read this in, again, this verses 12 through 13. Saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise, God. This is Jesus in the glory of God. He is singing praises, leading us in worship. He becomes our worship leader. What else we see in here is that he is our sanctifier and he is our identifier. Calling us one source, brothers, which means brothers and sisters. He is identifying of us who we actually are in his eyes. And he's the worship leader. So three things we learn from this little section. Let me give you one more. It's a, just pop my head. This is where it gets to be an hour and a half. All right, so if you flip in your Old Testament, right close to the beginning of the New Testament, there's this little minor prophet called Zephaniah. You guys remember him working on all your Bible memory verses or all your books? Remember Zephaniah? Awesome. 
right? Zephaniah chapter 3, which is only three chapters. Zephaniah 3, 16 and 17. I want to read this and just listen in. Like take joy in this. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, which is in the New Testament, all the people of God. Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. Now picture that. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He's the Savior in your midst. He will rejoice over God? No. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Are you kidding me? The creator of all things. Oh, I just changed. How in the world did that happen? All right. Breakdown. Technology breakdown. The creator of all things sings to the Lord and also sings over us with joy. He loves us. So much so that he entered into death to pay for our sin. Like how sweet is that? So not only the sanctifier making us new, not only identifier calling us brothers and sisters, but the worship leader who sings and praises with joy and love over you. This is so sweet. Such a sweet text. Let's go to the next one. All right, 14, 15, and 17. All right, so there's a little break right here, which we'll come back to. So since therefore, another transition word pointing back. So since therefore the children, which is man, when I say man, I mean mankind. All these are like not gender specific, but when I say man, that is the name of mankind. All right, so it's not, anyways, you get it. All right, so since therefore the children share in flesh, Here's our flesh and blood. He himself, this is crazy, likewise partook of the same things. Flesh and blood. That through death, he, Jesus, might, now look at all the D's here, destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Okay, lots here in this 14 and 15. Let's draw it out. So we have creation, the almighty creator creates man. We sin and fall short of man's of God's perfection. So God, G and Jesus comes down into creation, into the realm of death, puts on flesh and blood, fully God, fully man. Now he joins us, same things, flesh and blood, so that he can call us now brothers. So since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. That through death now, why did he go, why did he die? Two purposes we find out in this. And the third one or more are in 17. Purpose of why he died. Why this? Why is Jesus? Why is the cross on the stage? Why is it so important? The purpose in verse 15, or sorry, the end of 14. 
right here. Right? That through death, through this death, he might destroy the purpose here. That he might destroy, right, in verse 14, the devil. And the second one in verse 15, he might deliver all of us who fear of the fear of death and slavery. All right? So this is what he's done. Remember this little line? If I live without Jesus, and I, I actually will fall off of this, if you take out the, this whole section, this Jesus section, I will then eventually fall into death eternally. Without Jesus. That is your destiny. That is where you're going. Without Jesus. Right? So Jesus then, because he loves us so much and he wants to sing over us, he comes into as flesh and blood that he might sanctify us, bring us out of death into life, that we might go to glory through him. Okay, so he partook of the same things. This is incredibly important. That through death, entering into death, that he might destroy the devil and deliver us from this fear of death and all, always going back into this slavery. And if you walk around the neighborhood and you ask people if they're good or evil, they will always say they're good. They think they're good. But when it comes to a deathbed situation, many times the fear of death is overwhelming. And in our culture in this day and age, we want so much control, we want even now to control death itself to the point of now I'll just determine when I will die. Trying to control. But the fear of death is coming for us. And Jesus came to wipe it out. He came to completely wipe out the fear of slavery and death to the evil one. Let's look at 17. We get the therefore again, pointing back. Therefore, he, Jesus, had to be, this is incredibly important, had to be made like, going back into these same things, his brothers, mankind, in every respect. He had to be. So just the other day, I I was asked, like, why did Jesus have to die? Right here. He had to. Why? For your sake. He had to die for you. That's how much he loves you. So that he, Jesus, might become a merciful and faithful high priest. So he had to die so that he becomes also number three, let's put this here, three, merciful and faithful high priest. And the fourth one, that could be like four or five, you could do a massive list here. Number six, let's keep reading. That so that he had to die, he had to put on flesh and blood so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make Who? To make what? Propitiation for the sins of man. He had to put on flesh and blood so that he would propitiate, which means 
take away, pay for the penalty of sin and death so that we might live. Friends, there's so much purpose in this verse, these verses. There's something called penal substitutionary atonement. This is what's taking place here. Jesus takes our place, substitutes himself for you, takes the penalty on himself instead of you and atones for us, sanctifies us that we might live. Let me put it in a different pen color, all right? So he had to die. He had to come into death that he might sanctify us, bringing us to a hope of glory and moves us in sanctification, taking our penalty, our substitution, and atones us that we might enter into glory. Did we do anything there? Nothing. This is how much Jesus sings and loves over you. He loves over you. He had to be made like his brothers. Almost done. Verse 18. Verse 18. Four. Pointing back. Because he, Jesus himself, has suffered when tempted... Wait a second here. He, Jesus, is able now to help those who are being tempted. This is again the assurance and the faithfulness, the merciful, faithful high priest. He enters into death not only to pay for our penalty, not only to take on the substitution, not only to call us brothers, to take on flesh and blood, but now here to help us when tempted. So he lives a perfect life, but temptation is everywhere. So that he is able to help those who are being tempted, his brothers. This is the idea, essentially, friends, if you continue to like, work this stuff out, this is what he also calls us to do in community, to keep one another accountable, to walk with each other. This is the importance of community group. This is the importance of getting together with one another over a coffee or a lunch and, and hearing each other's stories. Why? That we might also do and help in the work of Christ that we would help those who are also being tempted. Jesus is the perfect high priest, the perfect mediator. Jesus is getting really skinny and weird looking on that one. All right, he's the perfect mediator for us to get us to glory, helping us and undergirding us, holding us up, given us a spirit of power and love and self-control that we might fulfill the call on our life. Second Tim 1, 7. There's so much in the scripture that continues to point back to this amazing story. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Friends, that should be such a joyful passage for you. When I feel tempted, I know Jesus is there with me. So may that be a kicker of sorts to go, I don't want to go towards it because Jesus is with me. I want to honor him 
I want to glorify him. I don't want to disobey or suppress him. I want to honor him, my savior, who did this for me. He did this. He lived, he died, he rose again, and he appeared, and he's coming back for us. So let's be faithful as he is faithful. Last one. Let's point back to Hebrews now 2.16. Four. Surely, and that's not someone's name, surely. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps, okay, same word here, what's going on here? He helps the offspring of Abraham. He helps man. So again, Jesus is the creator. Jesus creates us. We fail in sin, fall short of his perfection. So he enters into death, puts on flesh and blood that we might be called brothers. He sanctifies us, dies for our sin that we might live, right? He's got one leg now. Let's have have two legs. Perfect, all right? He loves us that much. He sings over us, glorifies the Father, identifies us as his children, his brothers. He undergirds us from all temptation. Friends, are you seeing how sweet this passage is? It is the same story being told over and over and over again. It is Jesus. Like I said before, earlier in this this sermon series, it it was Jesus, it is Jesus, and it always will be about Jesus. The main story, the main character is Jesus, not us. Jesus does everything for us. That's why we sing. That's why we praise him. For surely it is not angels. Let Let me, this ties back actually to whole bunch of things. Let me just touch this really quickly. So angels are created beings. So they're up in the heavenlies with, with Jesus. They are to minister to Jesus. And they are also called, as you see in chapter 1, verse 14, they're also to minister to us. All those who believe upon Jesus, angels are now ministering to us and helping us along the journey. That's their job. You can see it right in chapter 1, verse 14. But Jesus lowered himself under angels. All that means is that he put in flesh and blood. He put on flesh and blood. Angels have no idea what that is like. He did not come into earth, into creation, to die for angels. Let me erase that. He came to die for you and I. That's why he came. And this is what is being said here from the author of Hebrews is to reemphasize again the angelic supremacy and the reasons and the purpose for coming. Because this little church was starting to sway and drift away from the doctrines that are being presented here. Remember, this is one letter. Chapter one, all about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Right? The prophetic 
the cosmic, the Levitical, and the angelic supremacy. Chapter 2 so far, and we've, well, I think we're seeing it, is all about Jesus' salvation for you and I. He is our true mediator, our true high priest, which we're going to get into in the latter chapters. So again, review right here. Jesus is our creator. He is our salvation. He provides salvation by way of suffering. He is our sanctifier, making us like Jesus. He identifies us as family. He leads us in worship. He, Jesus, came to conquer sin and death. He delivered us from fear, the enemy, from Satan, and delivers us from slavery. He is our mediator, our high priest, our merciful and faithful high priest. And he came to pay the penalty of, that we deserve. Not he. He does not deserve anything. He deserves all things, but not a penalty of sin and death. Jesus is our true help in the midst of suffering. So when you walk into suffering, you know Jesus has done this already. So he's our help. He's our undergirder. And Jesus came for us. Friends, this passage takes so much joy in it when you talk about it in your community groups this week. And also go back to it daily this week as you continue to walk in faith, knowing that we have a faithful merciful high priest who fought for us, who sings in love over us and leads us also in that worship. Amen? Amen. This is such a sweet text and I hope this makes sense. I don't know if I'll ever do this again, but man, I hope you connected with it. My prayer this week is that you'll continue to do this kind of unpacking of scripture on your own that you might prepare your hearts and actually see it. And sometimes, for me anyways, you kids, sometimes drawing things out is actually super helpful for you. So when you read your Bibles, draw it out. Draw out what you're hearing and what it's saying. And all of a sudden, it'll start making sense to you. I just want you all to fall deeply in love with this. It will guide you towards him. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can learn from it and glean from it the truths. And Jesus, you are so clearly the Savior of the world in this passage. That you came to die for us, put it on flesh and blood, that you might sanctify us, becoming more like you, that we might experience glory. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for all that you have done for us. And I pray now, Jesus, as we continue to sing and praise your name and and bring you glory, Jesus, help us even just read through the words of the songs and, and sing the words of the songs because it is telling the same story. We're telling the same story. And we want to glorify your name and not ours. So help us, Jesus, fight against temptation to worship ourselves rather than worshiping you. And I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Thank you.